Hello and welcome back to the Biting Truth Podcast, where your go-to buddies for all things nutrition. Join us as we navigate the intricate world of nutrition and give you the latest and greatest advice. So grab a seat and let's chat about staying healthy and informed. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the Biting Truth Cookbook, packed with delicious, healthy and practical recipes. Before we begin, we would like to recognize and respect that we are recording from Gurungai country. So my name is Anna and with me is my beautiful co-host, Alex. Hi, everyone. And we make up the dietitian duo behind The Biting Truth. Now, in today's episode, we are talking all things protein, Uh, You know, protein along with fats and carbs make up one of the three basic macronutrients of the human diet. But today we're specifically focusing on common protein mistakes that we see in our clients. So we've covered five of the most common mistakes that we see people making when it comes to protein. It's a really great topic. We always like talking about protein and I think everyone's interested in protein, which is why we have this episode. But before we dive in, We wanted to share our recipe of the week. Alex, have you been in the kitchen whipping up anything snazzy this week? (laughs) I don't know if it's snazzy, but I have actually been embracing a bit of a homemade ice block recently. Perfect for the summer. Yeah. So I found these really cute like silicon ice block molds just at Kmart. They were literally like a dollar each, I think, and you can get all different shapes. But I just chose the typical kind of popsicle looking mold. How much did they cost? Um, yeah, they were literally like a dollar. Love little Kmart <laughs> purchase. Um, and yeah, I've just been putting like yogurts and like blending up frozen fruit and they're so good when you just want a little treat. Do you add any sugar to them? I haven't been, no, no but yes. I might get a bit adventurous. I've added some chia seeds in with the frozen fruit. Very basic for now, but, you know, and watch so your space. And so do you puree up frozen fruit? And you could also use canned fruit. That would be a good option. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's a very budget-friendly meal idea. Oh, not meal, but, you know, a snack idea. Yeah, no, and it does feel, especially when it's like warmer weather and, you know, we've been getting back into work and so having that little treat in the freezer to kind of cool off at the desk. Oh God, you have to share some of these recipes on the Biting Truth Instagram if you're not following jump on there but I reckon you should have you tried out like passion fruit pulp in there because that is so yum yeah, frozen ice yeah. box yeah I, I really need to I was thinking of making like a smoothie and then pouring that in like yum. our choc banana smoothie ice that, box for breakfast yeah that would be so good <laughs> <laughs> or just as a snack <laughs> I actually ordered some ice block molds on Timu last week and I've not ever, I don't know if anyone listening have come across Timu, but a friend spoke about it recently. It's like an app where it's almost like Amazon, but really cheap. And I got some ice block molds for like $3. So interesting. I've never used it, but I'll be interesting. Do, to, it for did feel back. like a scam when I was on there, but I don't think it is. And I'll let you know <laughs> uh, when they arrive, we'll post it on the Instagram um, and fingers crossed, but I'm going to grab some of your ice block recipes. So <laughs> Oh, I better write them down. <laughs> um, all right. And Anna, what about you? What have you been whipping up in the kitchen? Okay. So my latest craze has been making teriyaki salmon bowls for lunch. Um, now it's actually, it sounds like a complicated lunch, but it's actually yeah, really, really easy. Just casual teriyaki salmon bowl. I know. Well, more because, you know, on I, I feel like this time of year, you have a bit more time on your hands. Like we are back at work, but, you know, still taking it slightly slower than normal. But yeah, buy some salmon fillets and dice them up, 
and then essentially make a teriyaki sauce, which is really easy. And I am actually going to post a video of the recipe on Instagram. So again, jump on there. But you know, you're looking at soy sauce, sesame, some white wine, some hoisin, garlic, ginger. So all those delicious and Asian like flavors. Marinate it, you know, ideally 10 minutes, but often I just do it for like five minutes. So then you're cooking that up on the stove takes five minutes or so because it's all chopped up. The salmon cooks really quickly. And then you want to make some brown microwavable. If you have time, cook it. And then a bunch of veggies. Yum. So like I love edamame. I like kind of cutting it into matchsticks like carrot, cucumber, you know, maybe cooking up some zucchini, whatever you have. Shove it all in, cabbage, and you just make this delicious. And do you need to add more sauce or there's enough sauce? No, the there's salmon, enough sauce. So you, and then I usually cook up the rest of the marinade sauce. Yeah. So um, just like cook that up. Because yeah, you could also do it with like tofu or with chicken if you don't love fish. Definitely yeah. change that up. Um, and you could meal prep this one. You can eat it cold as well. It's actually really yum cold or you can eat it warm. And what I find is that it's such a filling lunch because it is sort of like having a dinner for lunch. Yeah. It's really well balanced in the way of macronutrients, really high in protein, obviously, which is key. Yeah. And I found that when I have like a really satiating lunch, I don't actually snack in the afternoon. I make it through to dinner. Whereas if I have something like a, a toasty, which I've also been having because, you know, leftover ham, of course, you have cheese and ham toasty. But you do because it's just not as high in protein. I, I do find I'm hungry an hour or two after. So Yeah, and when you get those the combination of yummy flavors too, that also is satisfying. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I always find that with your salads, they're more satisfying than the salads I make because you've got a really good combination. And I could easily do that, but I'm just lazy. Lazy, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why I like putting that bit of effort in yeah. goes a long way. All right, let's yeah. jump into the episode. Yeah. So as you said, Anna, in this episode, we are talking five common protein mistakes. Now, I'm sure most of you listening are well aware that protein is such an important part of a healthy diet, but also where we're, the types of protein that we're eating and when we're actually eating it is really important. And that's going to come up in some of the mistakes. Protein is really important for a number of reasons, particularly, and everyone's probably aware of this, but particularly it plays a really important role in muscle growth and repair. It also helps generate new skin and hair cells. It's important in helping digest carbohydrates. It helps to keep us feeling full. So it has lots of different roles in the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's essentially critical for every kind of basic functioning within the human body. And roughly the research indicates that adults need around one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. Now that's quite generic. Obviously for some people, they need double that. They might need two grams per kilogram of body weight for people that do a lot of exercise, particularly weightlifting and things. And for some people that are really sedentary, you might need slightly less than that. But for most people, it will be around one gram per kilogram body weight. So whatever you weigh, you roughly need that amount of protein spread throughout the day. But I think it's important to note, often people think, okay, so I get a hundred gram piece of chicken, that's a hundred grams of protein, but that's not the case. (laughs) So a hundred grams piece of chicken would contain roughly 20 to 30 grams of protein. And we've got a few posts on this, I'm sure somewhere on our Instagram page with like different foods and how much protein is in them. And maybe we'll share one in the coming weeks as well. But it's, yeah, you can always have a look on the back of the packet and it will tell you roughly how much protein is is in that food per serve. Yeah. And I think because protein is so critical, we hear about protein a lot. You know, everyone talks about it in, in the news, on social media. And I think because of this, people will often focus on protein, but if you're not doing it in the right way, then you're not getting the benefits of sort of 
paying that attention to protein. So we want to make sure that not only are you getting enough protein, you're getting the right amounts and in the right way. So your body is benefiting. And so I guess the first one we want to start with, the number one, I guess, common mistake we find when people are focusing on protein is that you're not getting enough protein at each meal. So while you might be getting enough at dinner, again, most people do get enough protein at dinner. When we look at the food diaries of people's um, daily intake for breakfast and lunch, they're not getting enough protein there. Yeah. And so it's really common to back end your protein intake and people often aren't getting enough in the morning. Maybe they're not, they're kind of skimping at lunch. If you think about, you know, say you're an office worker, you're heading into the office, you grab a coffee and some toast on your way in. Usually there's going to be very minimal protein in that morning meal. Maybe you'll have avocado or peanut butter or Vegemite on your toast. If it's peanut butter, you might be getting a little bit, but really you're not maximizing that breakfast meal. Yeah. Like essentially if you're having cereal for breakfast, toast for breakfast, or even a smoothie that's not balanced, it's highly unlikely that you're getting that 20 grams of protein that we're ideally looking for. 20 to 30 grams at each meal is really ideal when it comes to protein intake. And most breakfasts don't naturally have it. So that's where you really need to look at those high protein sources, eggs, yogurt, milk, uh, you know, maybe a bit of smoked salmon every now and then it is a processed meat. So you kind of need to keep an eye out for that. Or you might be adding a protein powder, which we'll talk about a bit yeah, later. Yeah, in a smoothie, you often need a protein powder to hit that. But yeah, actually paying attention to your breakfast to make sure it's high protein is so important because that sets you up for the day. It regulates your appetite, your blood sugar levels. Um, and I think then at lunch is the other one. You might be having a sandwich that has, you know, a little thin slice of ham on there or a bit of sushi with like a little bit of chicken in there. If you're not having a decent amount of protein at breakfast and lunch, you won't be hitting your daily protein requirements. We can't rely on dinner alone. The body won't efficiently absorb it all as well if you're just getting it all at dinner. So let's try to spread it out throughout the day. And, you know, it might be worthwhile actually working with a dietitian or, or, or looking up a meal plan. So we sell meal plans on our website where we ensure that people are getting that 20 grams at breakfast and lunch. And then of course at dinner. Yeah. And as you kind of alluded to, Anna, with the like appetite control and energy, if you're not eating enough protein earlier in the day, you really will notice the impact in terms of you're going to feel more fatigued. You might find it hard to concentrate. You're going to find your you're kind of grazing or you're looking for mm. little snacks because you're Cravings. hungry. Mm. Yeah. So really focusing on your protein intake at your um your main meals is really, really important. Another really common mistake we find that clients make is not optimizing for snacks. So essentially not getting enough protein at snacks. Yeah. And really typical kind of go-to snacks are often high in refined carbs and they're low in protein. So things like crackers, muffins, chips, all of these kinds of foods are very low in protein. And consuming these kind of snacks regularly is going to cause your blood sugar levels to fluctuate and it can contribute to, you know, overeating or or even more snacking and grazing. So what we want to do is make sure that we, if you are feeling like a snack, you don't have to snack, but if you're feeling like a snack, that you're making sure that you're prioritizing something that is high in protein. Yeah. And it's okay. Like I'll find, you know, say afternoon, 3, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, you suddenly get some cravings for some sweets. You venture down to your kitchen or the office um, kitchen, you get a chocolate bar, uh, you know, and that, that satisfies you for a sweet, you know, 10 seconds, but because there's no protein in it, you're going to be hungry. And then you keep going back for more and more. So what you really need to be doing is focusing on high protein snacks. Now, Alex, what are some good high protein snacks that people can get in easily? Yeah. So things like 
cottage cheese or even just regular cheese and some crackers. I mean, I personally would also add Vegemite or tomato, but that's just me. Um, But that's something really easy that you can keep in the fridge and then you can grab that, add it to some crackers and have as a snack. Um, Yogurt, can of tuna, nuts. I mean, boiled egg could be another good one if you're into that. Hummus and veggie sticks. Hummus is made from chickpeas. It's high in protein. I think the key is having these snacks on hand. So if you're working from home or you're at home, keeping these things, adding these foods to your shopping list, keeping these in the fridge. Because like Anna said, if you walk downstairs and all you can find is a chocolate bar that's convenient, that's what you're going to have. But if you've got a, maybe a list of snacks on your fridge and you've got those foods there, then it's going to help to keep you accountable. Even, even some muesli bars, you are mm. getting, you know, six, seven, eight grams of protein. So that's really like you want at least five grams of protein as a snack, ideally closer to 10 to keep you feeling full. But he, getting some extra protein in, at your snack times will really help keep you satiated throughout the day, but also help you meet those protein requirements. And if you're exercising, it's really important that you're getting that additional protein. And and usually that's where snacks play a really important role. The next mistake that we see a lot is actually eating too many processed sources of protein. And this can be confusing because a lot of sort of foods can look and we might think that they're really high in protein, but when it comes down to it, they're actually not very high at all. Or they might be high in protein, but they're a really processed form of food. So you might have a chicken or beef burger where you are still getting 20 or more grams of protein, but it's a really processed food source of protein. So ideally we don't want to be relying on chicken wings and burgers and, you know, sausage rolls and pies, um, sausages, even ham and all other processed meats regularly to get those protein because you might be getting a bit of protein, but you're also getting lots of, you know, saturated fats, salt, you know, refined carbohydrates. So we really want to look at the lean options in terms of getting our protein. Um, so things like salmon, beef, lamb, chicken, of course, then eggs, tofu, legumes, fish, all those plant-based sources really yeah, are a good option. Um, So the less sort of processed proteins you include in your diet, the better when it comes to both your general health and obviously also your protein requirements. So like you said, a lot of those foods are also lower in protein. You know, if you have a sausage roll, which is like pastry and a a little bit of meat in the the middle, you're not going to be hitting your protein requirements there. But I do know that I've had a lot of clients that kind of struggle with options that they can kind of take to work for lunch, especially when it comes to a sandwich. What are some protein options that they could add to the sandwich because often people's go-tos might be some ham or, you know, more of those kind of deli meats. Chicken's probably one of the best options when it comes to sandwiches. Yeah, Um, or tuna. Chicken, yeah, canned fish is great. I mean, look like less leftover steak. Yeah. (laughs) Could be yummy. Um, Boiled egg sandwiches, they might sink out a bit. But (laughs) I (laughs) I find when I have a sandwich, I'll usually do some form of chicken sandwich. Yeah. Okay. The next uh, mistake is that you're prioritizing protein, but you're neglecting other nutrients. And we kind of alluded to this in the beginning of the episode, but obviously there's a big focus on protein. Protein, you know, there's been a lot of hype around it for many years. And so it is a common kind of nutrient that people tend to focus on. But in doing so, people can often neglect other important nutrients because Yes, protein is important, but it's not the be all end all. Mm, yeah. And I think this happens in nutrition a lot. Everyone, people like to focus on one nutrient, like sugar is bad or carbs are bad and protein is good. And, and we need to move away from that. We need to look at the diet as a whole, have a very holistic view of it 
And it's about how your your day and your week looks as a whole. Um, we definitely want to get enough protein and it is one of you know the most important nutrients, but we still need to make sure we're getting healthy fats. Veggies must be a focus for everyone. Honestly, it should be on most people's yeah. you know, to, um, New Year's goal list because 97% of Aussies aren't getting enough veggies. And it's one of the simplest ways that you can reach your goals and be healthier generally. Carbohydrates are also often neglected because the focus is all on protein. Yeah. So obviously protein is important, but actually most people are getting enough. It's more about like the spread across the day and the types of protein. So yes, focus on protein, but also focus on those other nutrients that we've just spoken about. And the final mistake that we commonly see people make when it comes to protein is relying too heavily on protein supplements. So whether that's protein bars or shakes. But I think we should also acknowledge that we definitely use these kind of products. We use protein powder. In fact, we did a whole episode on protein powder last season. So we're, we're definitely not saying that they shouldn't, they can't be part of your diet. No, we're definitely not dissing them. They yeah. absolutely play a role. But what we do see is that people don't get enough protein through whole foods yeah. and make up for it entirely through protein bars and protein shakes. So, you know, people might be fasting and then just having protein shakes, or, you know, you might just be having really unbalanced meals and then still hit, you might still be hitting your daily protein targets, but not by eating any whole foods. And we really don't recommend doing this because when you eat a food that contains protein, you're not just getting protein. You're usually getting some micronutrients like iron, maybe you're getting some calcium, some B vitamins, maybe fiber. Maybe probiotics. Exactly. Um, or, or, you know, healthy fats. Whereas when you have just a protein shake or a bar, it's usually just a protein you're getting there. And often also maybe artificial sweeteners or sugars. So you don't want to have too many of those protein supplements in the diet. Yeah. So I think the key thing here is that variety of protein sources in your diet is important. Sure, you might occasionally utilize things like protein powders, but you also need to be making sure that you're incorporating a variety of whole foods to get all the benefits that the different foods have to offer, including the protein. Yeah. So stick to whole foods where possible and then yeah. supplement as the name implies yeah. with protein powders. Yeah. And like Alex says, I have a bit of, a, I have like half a scoop of protein powder most mornings in my smoothies because it helps me reach my requirements and keeps me full. But I absolutely eat lots of whole foods as well. I don't rely on that to meet my requirements and I probably could do it without it, but they're also quite tasty. <laughs> so that wraps up our five common protein mistakes. And we hope maybe this episode has given you a chance to reflect on your own diet, your protein intake, and maybe you can walk away and, and change a few things, whether it's incorporating protein into all your meals, focusing on that spread, um, starting to think about some more high protein snacks and variety of whole foods in your diet. I think there's you know a, a bit of a list of things we can all work on there. Absolutely. But thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in your ears this week. But in the meantime, leave us a review and a rating. We'd really appreciate it. And even share this with anyone else that, you know, needs to learn a little bit more about protein. And if you are looking for a bit of support, we have a bunch of seven-day meal plans on our website. Super affordable. I think most of them are under to around $20. And each of them are high protein meals. So if you want to focus in on protein a bit, we've actually got a summer one. It's summer right now. We've also got like all the all the seasons. So check those out. But the summer one might be particularly relevant. And then we'll be back in your ears next week. Bye. Bye.